2: Jerry, uh, after having a couple of days to just kind of think about it, let it
3: let it all set in. What what are your thoughts about everything that happened on Sunday
2: night to open up your season?
0: Well, I think that uh, Dak's injury certainly has uh, taken center front uh, situation with our with uh, Dak, of course, uh, has caused us to focus a lot of our time and attention to uh, uh, several things to think about there. Uh, I think what we're going to do here is we won't be putting him on IR, uh, which means that uh, we want him to be uh, a consideration uh, for playing within the next four games. We will not put him on IR. Uh, Consequently, uh, the people that are ready to play quarterback for us are the ones that played all preseason, Cooper Rush and Greer. They had a, a real competition. Uh, it's uh, unlikely since uh, uh, we don't have any uh, uh, potential uh, uh, trade pending or any, not pending, but uh, uh, in, the, in the mill. Uh, it's unlikely that uh, you'd have a veteran quarterback that uh, could get back in here and be uh, ready to play as well as those guys can play, uh, even if you thought you might have a, uh, a talent advantage. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys, indeed?
4: Coming out of week one, headed into week two, Cowboys Nation. We're here to guide you through it. Welcome back into another episode about them Cowboys and the athletic. I'm Kent Producing and welcoming in three of the best of the best when it comes to talking and breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got John Mishoda. We've got your other Cowboys guy here, Saad Youssef. And of course, our host, Kevin KT Turner. Guys, I'm still kind of coming off the high of our episode on Sunday. And just the fallout from the game. KT, are you still feeling the fallout?
2: Honestly, I am to the point now, and I think, I I hope there are a lot of Cowboys fans who needed 48 hours. Yeah. I am, even though it's weird and I don't feel like they have a a big chance to win this game on Sunday, I am past the the DAC thing and moving on to what we do here. And it's, hey, we've got to keep our head above water and win a couple games. So I have gotten, I've gotten my excitement back. On Monday, I got to be honest with you. I was not in a great mood and wasn't feeling great about things just because you just got that vibe of like, we waited all this time for football to be back and it is. And then the Cowboys season is gone, but I think I've moved past that a little bit or have I been sucked into the Jerry Jones vortex? How are you guys feeling?
5: Um, I was too waiting all day for Sunday night. Um, no, <laughs>
4: I, I will say this Jerry Jones
5: Jerry Jones was makes my job interesting but if I was a Cowboys fan a lot of this stuff would annoy me um because it's just kind of one of those things where just you've seen this before and whether you think we can get into what Jerry said about Dak possibly being back in four weeks and not going on IR and all that but (laughs) I just it's one of those things where in this particular case I was kind of like yeah I know that gives hope but like even with Dak, like the offense didn't look anything close to being anything competitive. So with him back, or if it's Cooper rush, things don't look great. You know, are you going out and signing another player? Like, I I don't know. I, there's nothing about that, that I don't know, maybe in years past it might've, but I look at it as just kind of Jerry being Jerry. And he's trying to look for something uh, positive to sell to fans to try and keep you to come to the game. But if you watch that game Sunday night with or without Dak, they need more than that, or it's not going to, they're not getting past. They're not making this. What did he say? Viable in the playoffs. Like they're not going to be that. So yeah.
3: Yeah. I I think with what John just said, and especially after Jerry's comments today, I don't mean to be conspiracy theory guy here or anything like that, but I just can't buy into the fact that this season really was anything in terms of trying to be competitive, trying to really win a Super Bowl. Like, you know, every year Jerry talks about he doesn't have time to be, have a bad time and <laughs> time to win a Super Bowl. And, and every season they come in like this. But John, it's like you said, even before Dak's injury, it, it, not only was it not good, but it was predictably bad. That's exactly what everyone expected it was going to look like. And, I think that was the trouble for me is I'm like, you know, and, and, you know, people like when Jerry's talking about, we'll get into it. Jerry talking about Dak coming back within four weeks. He doesn't believe he knows that's not true. I I, I have no doubt that he knows that that's not true, but he is selling the product um, and selling the excitement that, hey, he might be back within four weeks. It's the same thing that I think that how he kind of sold this season coming in but I just don't buy it for really all the reasons that you just said before Dax injury, this still looked like a pretty bad roster.
5: And then when he comes back, how limited is he going to be? Right. I mean, he's got, he's going to have a plate in his, in his underneath his thumb in his throwing hand. I mean, that's in a very significant place for a quarterback. So you factor that in within the other fact of, okay, when's the last time this team has looked good against another good team? You know, I mean, I'm not the type of person that just turns everything off at the end of the season and goes, okay, 2022, this is a new season. Just erase your brain. This is a new. It's like, what have they been doing? This, what, what I saw Sunday night is just a continuation of what I've seen from them really since the game in New England. So you can sell hope with injuries, but I don't know. Actions speak louder than words. And the actions I saw in the field, they're not great.
2: I agree. I think there's a level for me of just um, even more adjusted expectations because especially in week one, but really in general, I cannot be the type who's like, shut it down. Let's tank. It's over. I just can't do that. I don't like that. I don't feel like that is any. I, I, I get kind of maddened by the lack of competitive spirit. You know, over time with that what, type what of thing. What
5: fan bases, KT, what fan bases of good teams do, do you feel that way?
2: Yeah, good teams. You're right. You know, I mean, I grew oh up in God, Detroit, so I'm
5: I'm used to it. Yeah. But they're not doing that in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I can yeah, promise all, you. Go on.
3: Well, also, here's well, it, the thing, KT. What you're talking about tanking, like, that's my point, though. Like, you know, when, when you talk about um, coming into this season, what the expectations are, you don't have to tank if your roster is just bad. Like, you're just going to organically tank. You're going to lose just by... And your eyes may be set on the future. I, I just don't think Jerry's the type of guy to be like, hey, this year, we're not competing for a Super Bowl. Check back with us in 2023, 2024. He's just not going to do that.
5: Yeah, like those years with the Rangers, and they're still kind of in it, but the last previous five years, before they made the big signings, you know, before they go out and get Seeger and Simeon, you just know, hey this is what they're doing in baseball. They're just tanking. They're trying to get, basically, follow what what the, what the Astros did. You can see that. The Cowboys are never going to just come out and do something like that. But their actions and what they did in the offseason speak to that, that they're trying to do kind of a rebuild in motion type thing. And, and, and you know, they're not going to say that. But that's what's happening right now. Because, again, the actions speak louder than words.
2: No, absolutely. And I, I think though I guess – where my head immediately goes to, and again, it's tough. It was already tough when the season started with or without Dak, right? Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, even though those are home games, very tough. You'd like to win one if you're a good team or whatever. But I do have my head like looking at week three. Can you win that game with Cooper Rush? Can you sneak two out with Cooper Rush? And if we are talking about it, I think it's now time that we get to it. If we are talking about Dak returning sooner than what we were talking about the other night, and what we were talking about the other night before the surgery even happened was after the bye week, you know, middle of November. Well, you know, Jerry did have comments today, and the surgery has happened. It does feel, I, I uh, it does feel like, based on some of the things that you've read about this, that it is a better scenario than it was. On Sunday night, where whether whether I'm right or wrong, we might be talking about an October return rather than a middle of November return. That does change things a little bit in terms of fighting for a playoff spot. I know when it's all about just winning a Super Bowl, you kind of like it's easy to roll your eyes, like, "Oh yeah, you're going to compete for the NFC East." But I've, I've I've adjusted my expectations enough to be like, "Hey, I think we can actually like stay in and make these November games relevant if we can just." you know, win a couple of games with Dak out.
5: If that's the case, then you must really believe that when Dak gets back, he's going to be fully healthy and ready to go, and that Michael Gallup, when he steps in, is going to be ready to go, be top receiver, um, no no growing pains, no, you know, slow return. He's going to have to hit the ground running. If you believe those things, maybe sprinkle in some, you know, solid Jason Peters play at some offensive line position. I guess you can, you can sell me on the offense getting somewhere back on track, but man, it's just tough to look at a team that didn't get in the red zone. The only team in week one, not to score a touchdown. I mean, this is bad.
3: I mean, Bob's piece, Bob's piece today on offense, talking about not even getting, not even getting um, inside the 31 yard line. And the fact that that hasn't happened, Since since 1998, which is when they've started tracking this stuff like that, that was like a ridiculously bad offense. And again, it's worth reiterating that was with three and a half quarters of Dak. So, um, you know, it's it's tough.
5: Yeah. And to answer your question earlier, though, KT, about, oh, could they, you know, beat the Giants or whatever like that? If it's like last year's team with Cooper rushed up and in against Minnesota. Sure. But. Just what they look like Sunday night. I mean, I guess there's a chance. I don't think it's a great chance, but we're going to say that there's a there, there. We need to factor in how little the starters played in the preseason. So let's factor in a little bit of rust. But again, you think you'd at least have one drive that went deep <laughs> into the other team's territory, at least one. And to not even have that, to never really look like anything was in sync in any part of the game. Uh, the fact that you look like you have an offense that's going to have to put together long drives and you know that this team can't put together long drives because of their penalty issues, particularly on the offensive line. There's just there's a lot of ways to you can try and be positive about this, but you're really kidding yourself.
2: Nobody was open. I mean I had the number of 11 targets for CD Lamb and two receptions. And man, just watch the rest of the NFL. man, a lot of teams had guys running open uh, pretty much all day. The Cowboys never had like a clean throw. And that does weigh into that being one of Dak's, you know, worst games of his career. Um, But yeah, it's like they they even have the ability to get anybody open. I think what you mentioned about the offensive line is interesting. And maybe we should talk about that for a second as well. Uh, You said Jason Peters, some offensive line position. I know we talked about Terrence Steele on Sunday night, the four penalties. Um, Tyler Smith held up pretty well at left tackle, given all that he was having to deal with. What do you think's more likely? Peters at left tackle. Peters at right tackle. Uh, well, what do you? I mean, there's a lot to figure out there, and he's not ready to go yet. But th- it does seem like something's kind of opened up there.
5: Yeah, and when I say this, I know we're not playing fantasy football, but um, I would say to me moving Tyler Smith to left guard and Jason Peters to left tackle makes the most sense. Jason Peters hasn't played right tackle in a while. uh, So I don't know that that's really what you want to be doing there. And I, I will say this when we talk about Terrence Steele, one of the most interesting things that come out of the, so Mondays after games, we get Mike McCarthy and then we get the three coordinators and Kellen Moore does an excellent job of not giving much, um, and I just found it very interesting how when asked about the penalties on the offensive line, he talked about how they could potentially, you know, go in another direction if that if those don't get cleaned up. And for Kellen Moore to say that, and, and you know that he's referring to Terrence Steele having hacked three penalties on one series, uh, that was interesting. It was basically like a we're not going to put up with this like that. Those are unexcusable. So that was interesting to me. I just find it hard to believe that Joe Philbin is going to want to work. Jason Peters at right tackle when he hasn't played there in a while. So I think Terrence Steele's is good for now, as long as he doesn't keep committing those false starts. But I don't know. There's only so much musical chairs that you can play with those offensive line positions because you want to get a group together that you feel like, hey, let's stick with this group and go with them several weeks in a row and build some continuity.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, John's the most plugged in here, so I, I think that's, you know, uh, his opinion on that probably matters most. But I'll just say, like, Tyler Biotich was probably the best offensive lineman. And look, we're talking besides Zach Martin. Eh. Uh, so just of the four, um, he was he was probably the best of the four. And, um, and you know, so then if you're looking at Tyler Smith and if you really like him at left tackle, cause he was not bad. I'm not saying he was lights out great, but he wasn't terrible, um, on Sunday then, you know, like John, you mentioned musical chairs. Maybe you just plug Jason Peters in at left guard. If, if that's something that, sure. you know, I think Philadelphia did at the end of his time there. So, um, maybe you explore something like that, but I do agree that I think Terrence Steele's fine right now, but Peter's at left guard or Peter at, Peter's at left tackle is, I think, the way I would look at it.
5: Yeah, and just for anybody that wanted an update on on Peters, he's not going to play this week. This, he's still in that technical that ramp up period, but he is in the mix for that Giants game for sure. It's, I don't see him throwing him out here right now because he didn't have training camp. He, you know, he wasn't with the team, so it's going to take him a little bit time to get up to you know NFL game speed and that. So they wanted to give him 2 weeks. That was the plan all along. So I don't anticipate him playing in this game, but certainly week 3 there's a possibility that if we see the same offensive line or, or similar offensive line play uh this Sunday, there could be some changes going into that Giants
2: game. It does seem like Tyler Smith held up good at left tackle and that that's good to see. Is there um anything from the um I mean the Dax surgery based on just what's out there? I mean is, is there Reason to be more optimistic than Sunday night, or is that? I mean, Jerry goes on the radio show twice a week on the fan. Yeah, we know what he does sometimes, but I. It's. I mean, but is the this based the on injury. anything medical? Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah so <laughs> I, I, I'll,
2: are I'll, I'll tell you this: you, from,
5: <laughs> you know, from working at the Dallas Morning News, um, when it comes to the medical stuff, there's there's no one that's really more plugged in than David Moore is. And so uh, reading some of the stuff that he's been reporting, I, he just has some connections with some people in the organization that I just <laughs> haven't been able to build and I might not be able to build for another 20 years. But um, it sounds like when they went in there um, and Dak mentioned this after the game, it was kind of a, a clean uh, fracture. And, and I think that what he was meaning is that the healing time is is closer on or it, it's not doesn't take as long. And so it sounds like when they went in there, what they thought, what they what they saw was not what they were expecting it was actually not as bad and so from what i gather is what happened is they initially thought it was one thing and that was going to be six to eight weeks and what they ended up seeing is more of a four to six weeks so it's probably still going to be around six weeks but jerry probably heard here's four to six and is like no we're gonna go four i like four sounds better to me let's go with that and, you know that's what we're gonna the other thing my favorite thing about jerry too is the uh you know i could be i could be wrong in this i i I don't think I am though. I don't remember Sean and RJ specifically asking him about Dak and he got into it. And I know for a fact that he was not asked about Dak after the game and just offered that up. So Jerry, Jerry doesn't need to be asked about these certain things. He likes to get that information out there. So, uh, it is, man, it is like nothing else covering this team because of him, because it just is never a dull moment. Like, even after the initial wave of reporters around Jerry, there's some others that come up a little bit later uh, on Sunday night. And it's this other wave of, you know, Jerry, I wasn't here a little while ago. What did you say again about Dak? And he tries to start off the sentence like, I'm not going to get into this very much. And then gives you a little bit more than you. So you're just kind of, there's a part of you. there just like, you know, players are walking out of the locker room. I'm so used to this now that players have, I've watched players walk in the locker room, And they've clearly gone in there, showered, whatever changed, come out in their street clothes and they're walking there. I'm still in this group around Jerry Jones. Well, I mean, it's this entire time, but you can never leave because there is, you know, with most people in sports, if you ask them a question at the very beginning about something, their answer 10 minutes later, if you ask them the same thing, they're probably going to start the answer with, well, I already answered that. Not Jerry Jones. Just stick around. You (laughs) never know what what is going to be said. Just keep asking questions. And I know that there's Cowboys fans listening to this saying like, you know, because I see it in my mentions all the time, like, stop talking to this guy. Like, I'm so sick of hearing about it. And I get that. But My job is to cover the team. And so I need to get as much information as possible in an era where we don't get the same access that we used to get. So you're trying to maximize these opportunities and get as much information as you can, knowing, hey, whatever I get from Jerry right now after this game might be... The only stuff I'm gonna get that's really factual on the record for two or three days I gotta maximize this opportunity, and so you know if you keep asking questions it's it's very rare that that he's not going to give you some type of answer
3: Dude, so you I always, know you've been around uh, it. <laughs> I, I always go back to I always go back to uh the the kneeling that was like in the twenty fifth minute of like everyone was gone. remember when he said like we're gonna told line we're gonna like whatever. That was so deep into Jerry. I, I swear, I like because remember at that time I was covering the Cowboys even more on on hands and like that was like 20, 25 minutes into. There were like four people there, and Jerry was just going and going. And you know, it's just funny for for Dallas sports fans. You know, like a month ago, you see the Texas Rangers and what they do and how they run business, um, and you don't ever hear from the owner. Like and and the paradox of that versus what Jerry is and where you can't get enough of him. It's just, it's really fascinating
4: for me. I think, hey, I think the and difference in why John, you know, to defend John sticking around him, Jerry's not your typical owner. I mean, he's the president right. and general manager of the team. So, Absolutely. I mean, he has a lot more say and sway than when, you know, I guess going and talking to Stan Kroenke after a game or something like that. True. True. But I will say I,
5: I would be doing the same things just from my experiences, whether it be at the combine or owners meetings. If I covered the Patriots, or the Colts, I think it would be pretty similar. Um, Jim Ursay is a guy that talks a lot, um, or is I, friendly with the media. Um, and Robert Kraft is another one. Now, no, now okay, let's make sure that this is clear. Nowhere close to Jerry Jones's level, but they they are in the owner bracket of that. They're pretty, you know, they're, they'll are they talk to you for a little bit and stuff like that, and you can get some information from them. But for, again, not even close to Jerry Jones. And And so when I'm at a press conference on Monday, and I get – an email from NBC Sports saying that the Cowboys game got 25 million viewers, and it, it's it was not an entertaining game to watch. It just is one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> I mean, Jerry is a part of this, you know. He keeps them; They're, they have done nothing winning wise to make you. But it's like obviously Tom Brady has, but you pair Tom Brady with, you know, what the Cowboys are, and it's just like that's amazing.
2: Cowboys bingles. when when the when the schedule came out and even before. <laughs> Really before the injury Cowboys Bengals week 2 was like marquee matchup one of the best matchups right. of the week right this is going to be awesome Oh and one So when I first saw the comments you know trickling out uh, from his Tuesday morning interview on 1053 I was like okay uh he's very quickly realizing that he like no one's going to care about this game and if you look around the league there are five <laughs> or six other games that you you could easily go this is going to be way more entertaining than Cowboys Bengals and that's the Cooper Rush factor or whatever. You can tell it's was like he's just trying to get ahead of that train right now. And it's funny because you're like uh, – you get people in your mentions going, hey, stop talking about this guy. I mean for every uh, person uh, who's like that in your mentions, there's two or three of them who are out at the star – chanting his name when first take comes to town it is always that crazy, stuff yeah. matters to him yeah. by so. the way
3: jerry also super calculated when you talk about when john you talk about he didn't he didn't uh mention like he wasn't asked about Dak and just started talking about him post game I, I, correct me if i'm wrong but also post game he, he said something to the matter of like we know what happened during the game but it all pales in comparison to the fact that we right. don't have our quarterback. He doesn't want you to look at what that product was. Sure. He wants you to talk about the fact that this quarterback is gone right now and just focus on that. He knows exactly yeah. what he's doing.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, any of you guys see that? I bet Ken has, but, and then you guys will see that Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It just, there is a little Colonel Tom Parker there where it's oh, like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah my God.
4: Certainly <laughs> some Jerry and, and, and Colonel Tom.
5: Obviously, Elvis is super famous, and everybody should probably knows a part, a good part of his story, but I knew of Colonel Tom Parker, but until I saw that movie, I didn't know how much he was involved, and there is a little bit there, so I had to bring that up, sorry.
4: The reaction I saw coming out of the interview of Jerry's comments was, oh my God, they're going to rush Dak back, and he's going to be screwed forever. What are your thoughts on that? I think they have to protect Dak from like himself. Like the products that, you know, there's... Instead okay. of going out yeah. signing one and like, all right, here's how we're swinging the season. We're bringing in, you know, this veteran quarterback or whatever. It's, yeah. oh, here's, here's what we can do. We can just get Dak back sooner.
5: Yeah, I think more they're going to have a more difficult time keeping Dak off the field than the other way around. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, and his ankle is completely dislocated. He's trying to stomp it into the ground to get it to go back into place. This is someone who when we're talking to Mike McCarthy on Monday, he's talking about how if Dak could have had the surgery Sunday night, he would have, you know, he's going to be the one trying to get back out there because the early stages of this is, is you're just, you want the wound to heal from the surgery. And then after that happens, okay, I've never had a plate in my hand or anything like that, but it's going to be one of those things where it's probably going to feel pretty strong because you have a metal plate in that area where there was a fracture. And so as long as he gets his grip back cuz here's the thing he probably tries to play through it and stay in the game if he could grip the football the reason he pulled himself out is cuz he couldn't grip the football so when he gets back to being able to grip the football and especially if this team has lost some games and like we expect them to and maybe they're one in 4, one in 5, something like that i can see he's going to want to get back out there so and, and and they have a great medical staff they're going to make sure that he doesn't get out there in, unless it's to the, to a level that is Satisfactory, But they're going to have a more issues with keeping him from trying to be. I mean, here's the thing. I had heard that Michael Gallup wanted no part of going on pup. And so that was, uh, you know, factored in their decision that, hey, I can get back. I can get back. Don't put me on pup. I don't want to miss the first four games. I wouldn't be surprised if Dak has a little bit of a say in this as well and in, in the not being put on IR. Like, hey, I want to keep practicing with the team. Don't put me on on IR. I'm telling you, I'm a fast healer. I'm going to be back way, way before this this timeline. Don't doubt me. I'll show you guys. I'll show you guys. So they got to make sure that, you know, that they protect Dak from himself, if, you know, for a lack of better way to describe it.
2: It's a good point. It reminds me of that episode of uh, Hard Knocks from last season when they go to the, they basically tell Dak, you're not well, they don't tell Dak specifically, they tell the quarterbacks. Uh, they, I don't know if they told Kellen or if they oh, it was Nussmeyer, it was Doug Nussmeyer. I remember that, yeah, and yeah. And they're like, just the run plays for Dak, don't right. throw. And then Garrett Gilbert's like, hey man, they said, uh, just uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the throws, and Dak's like, hell no. I mean, Dak looked like he was mad, like visibly mad at mad, Garrett yeah. Gilbert. And that's the yeah. minute Garrett Gilbert uh, lost the job, no, <laughs> but <it's not>. like. <laughs> But it, it it reminds me of that like Dak was trying to throw like in in training camp on a bad shoulder. So like yeah no that's good. But like it does change again. It's very easy. We were talking November on Sunday night, and here we are recording this song, you know late on Tuesday night, and we're talking about an October return of of some sort. I think we should just do for those who didn't listen Sunday night or just rehash it. We should walk through it like just to just to see like what it would take to stay alive. Right. Um, week two, Cincinnati. Uh, we'll do our game picks later, but let's All just right, before you get in loss. this. Let's
5: just go over this real quick. While you're doing this is Cooper Rush, the quarterback the entire time. Is he going to be the quarterback until Dak? OK, I do I hope so, but I'm not, I hope so. I wouldn't be surprised. I do think he will. But um, if it's not him. I feel like it's Will Greer. I don't yeah, see them going outside. Yeah, I feel like there would outside. be a
4: Will Greer game in there. Okay. Probably. Let's go down. Yeah. Sorry, KT, I cut you off. So four on. games, no, no. three rush, one Greer. Okay. That's, that's what I would think it would be. Okay. If they do not so going to so. work so. Anyone, obviously. Kent, you don't want to work a
5: Danucci game in there at all?
4: Hey, we can have another uh, free agency conversation if you guys want to do that. Hey, real see. quick on that, too. Tons um, of Gar- Garoppolo chatter out there. I think that's insane. I don't think the Cowboys would ever give up enough to give up. Garoppolo for six games but yeah right
5: but remember the Danucci game how there were so many like wild trick plays and things like that I think a lot of people think because of the way they started the game on Sunday night and now they have to go with Cooper Rush there's going to be some gimmicky stuff like that I don't think that that works with Cooper Rush so I don't necessarily anticipate that and I don't remember seeing very much of that against Minnesota so I'm going to hear your guys thoughts on that
2: no Minnesota it was straightforward it was it was one or two shots down the field, but that's about it. I mean, it was very careful, and to me, that's it's the whole thing of uh, if it's going to be tough and against all odds, you might as well make it fun. That's you know, maybe right. maybe, maybe that's just right. If you're going to lose, you might as well lose.
4: Like going down swinging, you know. <laughs> I mean, right yeah, on.
2: and Will Greer's going to go down swinging, and God knows Danucci's going to go down swinging. My gosh, I mean, that's some wild stuff. But so, just just for the sake of of discussing, okay. Week three, you got to go to New York, and New York snuck out a win over over the Titans. So let's not you know discount them, but right. And th- and then the Commanders uh, come home in week four uh, for a nooner. I mean, you have a chance to get to two and two. Sure. Best case scenario, and then you can kind of okay. Well, we got the Rams, so maybe you can push back. I think there would be a little urgency though. For them to feel like you know what if we've got the Eagles in Week Six, and that's four yeah, games. Let's go! I, I that's I, four I, games. I could see that.
3: Yeah,
5: and then they're just rolling, and 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 when Dak Dak's healthy, and they're like, no, Dak, we're going to keep rolling with Cooper because it's just rolling. No, I'm sorry, going.
2: Uh, we were joking with the hot we were, uh, on the Ben and Skin show today. We were joking about the hot hand theory. And uh, you know uh, uh, Ben Rogers a big Tony Romo guy, so he was like, "If Cooper Rush is winning, you can't put Dak back in." <laughs> He's just like eh, six years ago. Ben, hold on, let it go. Let it go. I, li- I like I like the, the, Skins theory the,
3: better, just to rotate a quarterback every every down or something like that, and just
2: <laughs> that's more feasible. I mean, Turpin, uh, maybe uh, Michael Parsons plays a little quarterback. Tony Pollard. I mean, let's get wild. No, but like that the thing about that, uh, what I was thinking about is to think about that Eagles game. So let's say, let's say for whatever re- reason, let's say it's five games. Okay. You win two and that's asking a lot. I realized that, but if you were to win two and it's that Giants game and probably that commanders game
5: <laughs> commanders, you, just you, sounds funny. Sorry.
2: It sounds dude. I was, uh, I was thinking about the, uh, the Cleveland guardians. The oh, other day I see, how, yeah. Like, it's yep. hard to say. Like, yeah. Um, but then uh, the Lions come to town on the 23rd, so you, like I know you would want to like have a little bit of pressure to play the Eagles Sunday night at home, uh, on the road. But it's a Sunday night game and the division, and you know you feel like you need to get one. And the Eagles, I get all that, but you might be in a position where you're like, you know what? If we can wait till the 23rd, you get the Lions, and then you would get the Bears, two home games. So you're climate protected as well. That could matter. I, I would imagine the cold would not be good on a on something like that. And then you get a bye week. So, like, I think if you could like somehow extend it to that win two, and somehow extend it to the twenty third, then you've given yourself a chance to win the division. I so I do you know have two wins? A little crazy.
5: So you have two wins out of the first eight games. Is that what you're saying? Two and six going into the bye. <laughs>
2: No, two and four is is what I'm okay. saying, and then Dak could come back for the Lions and the you. Bears okay. before the. Yeah, and goes. by the way, it yeah, gives you a chance to get the four. And, and four. real quick, before for the Eagles, their
3: Vikings, Commanders, Jags, Cardinals are their next four before they play the Cowboys. So mm. Vikings, Commanders, Jags, Cardinals, then they play the Cowboys, and then they have their bye, and then they play Pittsburgh and Houston, and then the Commanders again. So they don't exactly have the toughest slate in the world either. Oh
5: yeah. I don't know how you, how, if you were betting on an NFC East winner, how you wouldn't be putting all your money on the Eagles right now. Like to me that they're clearly the favorite at this point.
2: Uh, okay. But so, so that bye week is week eight. For You're Philly? One, two, yeah. Oh boy, hold on.
5: Week nine for the, the, the Cowboys.
2: The, the, for the yeah. Cowboys through. Yeah. So it's week nine, right? Uh, pretty much right in the middle. I guess yeah. here's my question. Um, just lightning round question: Yes or no? Is Dak back before the bye week? Yes, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. Then, then, then even three and five gives you a chance to win this division. Yeah, I don't think Philadelphia's gonna be six and two or seven and one, where it's over. Like I, I think we're in it. And Sunday night, I was telling, I was, I thought it was over. <laughs> like, and and it just feels better a couple of days later, going, hey, there's a little chance here to. Mm -hmm. to do something and i get it i gotta really see what this
5: offense looks like with cooper rush before i'm on that same yeah i think you're
4: writing off the commanders a little too easily too i mean they're halfway decent that's all it's going to take to beat these cowboys well when
5: you're and when you're called the commanders i mean that's just that's tough
2: (laughs) we're gonna learn a lot about the commanders this week when they play the lions um which is what i said about the Eagles. Um, uh, who you know did put 38 up on the lines, but uh, also gave up 35. A little garbage time. Let, me, let right. me ask you let me ask you guys a
3: question real quick. Are are you are we kind of ruling out wild card all altogether? I mean, the NFC is pretty weak. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, Seattle looked good with Geno, I guess. But I mean, is there any other team that really comes to, like three wild card spots that the Cowboys couldn't fall into a wild card spot?
4: I mean, I am not,
5: it's I'm not it's, ruling it yeah, out. Yeah, it out. It's, it's a possibility.
3: I just don't think the NFC is that deep, but I'm just saying
2: it, it's not. And it's funny because like <laughs> I, I have a hard time getting a vibe on what San Francisco is going to be like. I think that roster is really good. And I don't think it's fair to judge Trey Lance off one week uh, in that monsoon. <laughs> I mean, that game was ridiculous. Which is part of the reason I don't think San Francisco would even entertain training, uh, trading Jimmy Garoppolo right now. So I think they could see like a, a world where, okay, maybe Lance isn't ready and Garoppolo could win us games and this roster is good enough to, to, you know, make a um, run at it. And think, think about Leish- what the, could see the,
4: Eagle, the Eagles made it last year as a wild card at nine and yeah, eight. Yeah. So. Think about what the Cowboys gave up to get Matt Castle. You remember what it was, John? I want to say it was a fifth round pick. It was a fifth round pick. And they got a seventh in return and got Matt Castle. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I see them doing if they were to make a move. And I don't think there's a veteran quarterback out there that's worth getting for a fifth round pick. I mean, the well, only one that I that I kind of looked at is like, if the Panthers are really done with Sam Darnold and he's going to be ready in a couple of weeks, I mean, mm-hmm. would you do that for a fifth? I would, but so, I don't know.
5: So I think that their thinking is, and, and Jerry kind of backed this up on the radio this morning, is that. They view it as whoever that player is, even though they might be a little bit more talented. I think people would say Sam Darnold is more talented than Cooper Rush or Will Greer. They feel like them not being in the building and Rush and Greer being in the building and being in the system, Rush obviously for several years, Greer for a year now, they feel like that gives them enough of an advantage that it doesn't make it worth going to get a player like that. And then so to get a player that's significantly better, let's say like a Jimmy Garoppolo, then what are you giving up? I mean, there's a reason he's still on the 49ers roster because they're obviously asking mm-hmm. for the moon for him. And I'm not giving up first, second round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. And, and and here's the other thing. Maybe I would if you were more aggressive in the off season with other moves. Right. They already but had a
4: chance to go get somebody. They didn't. <laughs> the, the off the off, moves, the, the off season moves. The off season
5: moves. And we and and we could change the name of the podcast to No Half, high half Measures because that's that's KT's saying for sure. It's we don't want to do time. that. But I just want to ask you guys off the top of your head, who who were the big impact players of, of guys that were not on the Cowboys last year that they added in, in the offseason? Who who made the biggest impact in the game Sunday night?
2: That was not on the team last year?
5: Yeah, that was a free agency or whatever trade might, addition. <laughs> Obviously they didn't it trade. It might but... be Tyler
2: Smith.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant of like players, veteran players that were that they added oh, Anthony
3: Barr, yeah. I saw yeah. a couple of times. Um,
5: yep. That's who yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think he had like Maher. 30, 40 snaps. <laughs> uh yeah, Maher had the one kick, but I mean, I mean I think it was like ten snaps for Dante Fowler. That's your most significant addition, money wise, you know, one year, three million dollars. Who else did they add now? James Washington is obviously hurt. Turpin.
4: Fowler. That's
2: bad. Dude, we got teased so hard in preseason and then he had he had such a childish game the other night. I mean, it was yeah, it was all those things. You're like, man, I kind of was thinking he might flip the field a time or two. Right, he'll be fine. Kind of count right. on that. I think he'll and, be fine. I
4: don't, he'll, I don't think he'll they'll get somebody else returning kicks next game. Yeah, of that.
5: I, no, no, no. It's not that. It's, it's kind of the NFL. It's a product of the league. Like, mm-hmm. it's only bad when Tony, a big
3: when Tony Pollard was the way he was last year, where you know there were some like glaring mistakes, and you're like, dude, what are you doing? It, it's more of just yeah. that. It's not. I think what Cavante Turpin did is more than regular.
5: Yeah, and it just it's so difficult to have big returns with the way that they've mm-hmm. changed rules and things like that and you know how good these pick- kickers and punters are, they're they limit the opportunities and I just feel like anytime you see a big return, usually there's a couple flags on the field that follow. So I don't know how big of an impact that part of the game. I thought for sure he was going to be a guy that this season had one or two touchdowns in the return game. And maybe that still happens, but they certainly need to work on that area. It's I thought like he'd be more impactful him, than
4: it was like he did yeah. in the preseason. Nobody really right. knew him. And I mean, I'm sure that was part of like, we got to take number nine out of the game, you know? Uh, yeah. So it was an emphasis probably for Tampa Bay.
2: Sure. But you know, I think when you look at, uh, you, you, you make a good point. Like the, the, they're not just all of a sudden going to be aggressive and do something. Like I think you throw out names and I know it's, these Are just it's really just fodder for football fans to be honest. It's not like reality, but like Mason Rudolph's doing an interview and he's uh sounds a little butthurt talking to the media. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that I feel like personally, Mason Rudolph is probably better than Cooper Rushman. He may not be, and you got to for a guy that he's going to come in, and,
5: yeah, and he's got to learn the offense, he's yeah. got to work in with these receivers and that. If Dak was out for the rest of the season, uh, you know, yeah, maybe you you. Look at that. But now with that prognosis and Dak not even going to IR, I don't see why they would even make a deal for a Mason Rudolph.
4: Hey, hey, all right. Here's a crazy hypothetical. You can't trade for a quarterback, but you have to sign somebody. Who do you go for? You have to sign
5: somebody off the street. So you want not on to say, team right now. You basically want us to say something about Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick?
4: Is that, is that where we're going? <laughs> I wasn't totally even thinking thinking about them. I just wanted – no, I had, I had another name uh, – out there that you know it could cost you maybe eight cents to get get in here you know but joe Namus? hold on let me think let me think where you're going i know i know how sick of a brain you have (laughs) i have a pretty sick brain i have a i have one that's like gonna make john fall fall out of the chair but but if we want to make this thing entertaining i mean fitzpatrick is 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 interesting yeah I i mean
2: alex smith cam
4: newton would make my job interesting um but
3: I, I don't, don't know, know he who you're talking win. about. I, <laughs>
4: Fitzpatrick. I was, I, uh, like- I saw um, Josh Rosen. If we're talking about Sam Darnold, uh, that's not the one that's going to make you fall here, your terror, But But uh, Johnny football. <laughs> Dude, it's Johnny Manziel. That's what I'm saying. You want to. You want to sell some tickets. You want to make this thing crazy. Hey, he, he was uh, ready call, to play a and hundred bucks a he... game. Johnny Johnny would come out and do. Why are you
5: the way that you are? <laughs> seriously
4: every
3: time
5: that John, we try and do something it fun before, he can do it or again. exciting you make it not that way
3: <laughs> hey Johnny Johnny tweeted that after watching A&M that he's, he was about ready to come back to the field he said he still has a couple of years of eligibility
4: left so Kent's not totally off on that who's it going to be though John I mean <laughs> you can't make a trade but you have to sign a quarterback no seriously I had the best one
5: Fitzpatrick absolutely yeah Hey, and if I hadn't seen Cam Newton with the Patriots, it would be Cam Newton. But when I saw him, what he did in New England, I was like, nah, I don't think it's there anymore.
2: Paxton Lynch.
5: I, you know, I see Cam Newton doing. Um Cowboys down to we'll use Commanders because that's my favorite team name right now. Down 28-7, fourth quarter. Or sorry, 28-0. He rushes in for a touchdown, make it 28-7, and like does something like. Pulling off his, you know, jersey Superman thing, and then in the camera saying, "I'm back," and you're just, "What are we doing here, man?" Like, no, you're not, and this is a dumpster fire, and like, what are we doing? And then he comes to the post game press conference dressed like he's, you know, MVP 2015, and you're just like, "What is going on here?" But that is on kind of all of that. Everything I just said is on brand for the Cowboys. So yeah, here we go. Yeah,
4: yeah. blue carpet, bro. Come well, on. Are man. you the way that you are?
1: Oh, I'm, right. seriously, well. <laughs>
2: Okay, hey. We, one thing we didn't talk about though uh, a ton on Sunday night, and we're kind of waiting for more information to come down. Uh, the J-Ron Curse injury is not good. Uh, yeah, that for yeah, it's very important to the defense. That's not a good thing.
5: No, it's going to be a couple of weeks for sure with him. Uh, he left. I saw him in, in the locker room on crutches. He left the stadium on crutches. Yeah, that's not great. But that position, it's probably got the best depth that they've had. I don't know, since, since I've covered team for sure, at least the last 10 years. So you have Malik Hooker, you have Donovan Wilson. So you're solid there. And Hey, they talk about wanting to play the young guys from what I saw in training camp, the preseason, Israel Mukwamu certainly looks ready to take on that role. Uh, Marquise Bell, uh, another guy that can be up. So they're in better shape at safety than they normally are. But to your point, yeah, Jaron curse was huge part of this team last year and, and a huge part of their defensive turnaround. So, you know, he's their best safety. There's, I'm not questioning that, but I just think they have some solid depth right now and, and some better depth than they normally have had at safety. And then, no, uh, yeah. the other one is Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern, probably a couple weeks, it sounds like, from what Jerry was saying. Uh, it's uh, is that f-
2: two weeks or four weeks? <laughs> yeah,
5: well, it is a two to four. So, yeah, that's probably why he is air- airing on the side of the two. But uh, it's hard for me to really judge how well he played because he wasn't out there a ton. You know, before he got the injury where it looked like Tyler Smith threw somebody into his leg. So I'm sure that's yeah. not fun, but he was in a walking boot in the, in the locker room after the game. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be back for for a few weeks.
2: They did stop moving the ball right about when Connor McGovern went out of the game, um, which, uh, you know, I don't know, probably just more of a coincidence. Um you look at the, the Bengals, and I said we're not going to like break down the nuts and bolts of this game uh, too far given with all the, uh, everything that's transpired. But it is fascinating. The Bengals had a game where they had five turnovers. Joe Burrow has four interceptions. They're sacked seven times. Cowboys fans, who uh, I guess don't want me criticizing the front office, were very quick to get in my mentions and let me know that Lyle Collins and Amari Cooper were terrible on Sunday. Um, which uh, you know that that that's okay, right? Um, I, I'm I just remember the when they played for the
5: Cowboys that not, the offense never looked close to being as bad as that one. Now maybe maybe before Amari got here, so you yeah. can say maybe Lyle Collins was there. But I know when Amari Cooper would put on a Cowboys helmet, the offense I'm not saying was the best in the league, never looked like that product that we saw Sunday night. So I, I really don't care what he did with the Browns and how awful the things Kobe. are there. Yeah, I just I know when he was on the field for the Cowboys and I'm not even talking about that he would have lifted them up with 10 catches for 200 yards and three to- I'm just saying when he was on the field offense never looked that bad. I, I know it looked pretty bad before they got him and with one game without him looks pretty terrible too. So I don't I I just again actions speak louder than words. I got these actions here so you can say what you want,
2: but Well, you'd also you'd love to have the uh, posi- the ability to have Terrence still left tackle uh left guard uh Right now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, he probably would have played left tackle. Like, just, like, imagine Lyle was here. Tim yeah. still probably would play the left tackle when Tyron got hurt. But you'd like to have the option right now of him playing left guard or Tyler Smith playing left guard, but you don't have that. Instead, you're going to get uh, a buttload of Farinow. All right. So yeah. if y'all like the Farinow, that's fine. I think it's Farniac. wild. Farniak, whatever. Right? Like, let's look <laughs> at he's, let
5: guy- he's going, someone's going with a silent K here. <laughs> Uh, you
2: know, I kinda like that actually. Uh, Farniac, Let's go with it. Whatever. So, it's like yeah. the people that go with
3: Justin Abair.
2: <laughs> Farniak, my guy from the beginning. Uh, I guess my point is it's very weird that, you know, we all know we've had the conversation a million times. It's always, it's just been so odd to be like, dude, you know who would be very helpful on this team right now, given everything that's happened? Josh Ball would be very helpful. Uh, but we've decided yeah. that he's available, and we, we're not mad at him, but we were mad at Lyle Collins. Like, I, I just – dude, I know I know so many of those guys in that locker room. There were guys in the locker room who love Lyle Collins and were not happy when that happened. And that that kind of bums me out. And I don't know this for a fact, but Dak might be one of those guys. Uh, I would saying, you know, they used to be pretty close and things like that. It's just better with him than without him. And, uh, you yeah. know, he had a bad day the other day for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati, yeah. weirdly, because it was a Trubisky, uh, you know, helmed uh, Steelers team, were able to hang in there. And then things got really wonky. That was the craziest game of the week. Maybe outside, you know, maybe that Denver Seattle game last night was the craziest game of the week. But that was one of the craziest games of the week. And Cincinnati just kind of uh, did not deserve to win. And I don't think there's a Bengals fan who's concerned in the least about yeah. what's going on with them. They're going to be fine, and they're much better than the Cowboys right now.
5: I, I went on our Bengals podcast earlier today uh, with Jay Morrison, who covers, he was a Bengals beat writer for the Athletic. And he said that, thinking this reminded me of Jerry. Uh, there's players all leaving the locker room. Jerry's still talking. He said when their locker room closed uh, after that game, Joe Burrow was still sitting at his locker full pads, Jersey on still just kind of staring in dis- disbelief. I just think you're going to get, a, yeah, you're right. I just think you're <laughs> going to get a very motivated Bengals team that, you know, them start no one It's almost, like if you're a Cowboys fan, you should have been rooting for them to kind of pull that game out. Maybe they'd be riding a little high and overlook the Cowboys, but frankly, it doesn't matter either way. When good teams come to AT&T stadium, you know, that just hasn't been good for the Cowboys. And they're, I don't care what you think about the Bengals first game. They're clearly a, a good team. One other point I wanted to make real quick, though, because KT made me think of this, what he was saying, how great and entertaining week one was. <laughs> like, the NFL, it's just it's, it's such a crazy, I mean, it really is, and honestly, when stuff like this happens, and maybe it's just because I work in the business, but it just makes me think back to, I think it was like nine or ten years ago, when Mark Cuban talked about, oh, you know, the NFL's not going to stay there, like, in the next ten years, whatever, it's <laughs> like, you know. No, I'll tell you what, Mark. In about ten years, the NFL is going to be even crazier than what it is right now because that this product is rolling like it is. It, it's crazy that not just with football, but I like to, for my own personal life, I think of this. Like whenever you're really excited about something or you got these high hopes about how great something's going to be, it very rarely never meets those expectations. I like to use New Year's Eve as an example. Like how often is New Year's Eve? You get everybody together, you think it's going to be great. New Year's Eve almost never lives up to expectations, and the NFL just always does like I don't know at least since I've covered it, it. it. it yeah it really I mean it yeah. really does
3: and and it's crazy because like how much has it gone through like I thought okay <clears throat> like the ray rice stuff happens and like and you know covid and and what else whatever else happens it's just like you know the NFL is just uh, a cycle it just never the product is untouchable
2: I, I'm one of those guys and I actually I actually uh like like doing this because I know when John, when you and, and side, um you know, uh, out of star season when you're like covering games, you guys are up at the stadium and that's great. And I'm pretty much on the couch for ten hours on a Sunday. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel great, but I'm like, no, no. Part of my job is to bring some observations from the broadcast and some things yeah. that you know maybe someone missed something there. But from two forty to three twenty every Sunday is just ridiculous. I mean, it is nonstop madness. And it doesn't matter if it's the Falcons who no one thinks is going to be good this year, if it's them blowing a lead to the Saints, or if you get the Giants and Titans who are messing around in the afternoon window and you had the tie between the Colts and the Texans. And my God, it all comes into culmination with the Monday night game where Nathaniel Hackett just wasn't thinking. And I kept thinking, I was like, if that was McCarthy, would we be mad at Dak? Like, because Bruce right. Wilson's taking a lot of heat for not just calling a timeout. But there's so many things, and I also kept thinking, like, if McManus drains the 64 yarder, it's kind of genius. Look at all the time they ran off. Yeah. But also, a great point from Joe and Troy. I think the preseason sucks, and Joe and Troy are like, you know, the thing is, Seattle's guys played in the preseason. Geno Smith had to go earn a starting job. He was in, uh, you know, he was in good rhythm with the, with yeah. their offense. And I kept thinking about all these things, and it's just. You yeah. should never over, overreact to week one, but I can not get overhyped about week one.
5: My all-time favorite quote since covering the Cowboys is from Mar- Mike McCarthy uh, last year. And it, it was, or maybe it was two years ago. Me and Dave Hellman always talk about this because it it's so true with, with our lives. But he got, I don't remember what he was talking about, but he was just talking about how, how much, how great the NFL is. And he goes, we, we all have a job to do, a purpose in this business. We're all trying to rob the same runaway train. It's awesome the NFL. Like and I feel the exact same way, man. It rob really the is the like
2: train. rob
5: the run we're trying to, we're all trying to rob the same runaway train. Um
2: the- And then I immediately think of that picture of Jason Garrett hanging outside the bus. <laughs> right,
5: right. And hey, I've I've been in this business, obviously not 20, 30, 40 years or not, but I've been in it long enough that I've been around a lot of people that I've seen get beaten down by it. So I'm not saying it's for everybody, but if you genuinely enjoy sports and you enjoy, you know, the NFL and football it is man it is it is a great thing cuz like you say KT i mean it is like a so par- like there's never just really a boring time and I, and I really think gambling and fantasy just takes it to another level
2: yeah that that's the thing that where they really got ahead of it and it's it's just and it's it's a million things it's all of it and it's so good um, uh, and I know Sunday night wasn't exactly great, but what more evidence do you need that everyone was still watching that bad game, you know? Well, and there,
5: and there's a little part of me that like, I love basketball too. That's my favorite sport to play. That was my first love by far. But there's a part of me that kind of wonders, okay, what is the NBA after LeBron? You know, and I know superstars will emerge and stuff like that. And I'm watching that game Sunday night. and I'm like, all right, you know, how many more years does, does Brady have, you know, that you're going to get to watch this greatness. This probably is the last one. But you can see with the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes, like the next guy's coming up and that, oh, I can see that guy carrying the league. Yeah, yeah, I can see that him carrying the league, things like that, where you just, I don't know, I feel like it's in a really good spot.
3: Yeah, I remember growing up watching the games and I'm like, man, Brady versus Manning every year, uh, those Steelers-Ravens rivalries. And I'm like, what's going to happen when like Ben Roethlisberger has gone and like, you know, Peyton Manning is gone? and And sure enough,
2: it's just, it just keeps rolling. It's crazy. All right, game picks here. Week two, <laughs> Kent, Kent's score prediction. Kent's, uh, Kent's mic went out me? for a second, but we got it back. Yeah, yeah, Kent, we got you. Kent, you were <laughs> yeah. the only one who picked the Cowboys last oh. week. Um, so uh, you're going to go first this week. The rest of us nailed it. it 1-0. and So go ahead and give us your pick. You go first this week, Kent.
4: I'm going with a little uh, Mike Sworsky super fans. Uh, score prediction here. <laughs> Bengals 376, Cowboys 2. You get that safety. <laughs> that's nice. <You> know, <laughs> Bengals have Michael Jordan. Cowboys. Oh, two.
2: Micah Parson, the Michael Jordan. Little Parsons question though, for
4: you guys. <laughs> uh, and I hope we're adults only at this point in the podcast. Should the Cowboys, you know, maybe higher throat Zilla, you know, do a little psych out game, put her on the sideline?
5: That's aggressive. I was not expecting it to go
4: in that direction. I
2: did not, and I love it.
4: Just have her standing there, silently staring. You know,
2: but I I, with Micah Parsons lined up across from him.
5: (laughs) I mean, how bad, how bad everything was Sunday night. I guess we can't, we can't, we can't say that any idea is a bad one. So let's, we'll put it on the board as a possibility. I'll run it past the coaching staff. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I didn't see the snap count. Did Sam Williams play a lot the other night? Sorry, he, was... he was
5: saying uh, he was the same thing with uh, um, uh, Dante Fowler. I think they were around eight to ten snaps. It wasn't it wasn't okay. much. Now, hey, probably got to give Brady some credit for that. Just the way he gets the ball out so quick, and and there were just probably a limited number of of opportunities for them. Also, hey, it's kind of crazy that you look back at it and Micah played every single snap. I mean, that right there to me. <laughs> It, that that's the reason why he can't be a full-time defensive end because if he's a full-time defensive end, like, like DeMarcus Lawrence played, I think 60% of the snaps. Like yeah. you want Micah Parsons out there all the time. And he's not going to be out there all the time if he's a defensive end. And so I think that factored in, um, I was expecting to see more out of Sam Williams, expecting to what see more of Dante th- Fowler, expecting to see more out of Quinton Bohanna. Dorrance so I'm okay. ch- yeah. Yeah. Dorns, but I'm just, I'll chalk it up to it's Brady. He's, he's the greatest at getting the ball out and, and keeping himself as clean as possible um so maybe that's why they didn't get out there more and make more of an impact so we'll go to this one we know that the Bengals offensive line isn't great not that the Bucks was maybe they make a bigger impact in this game because hey Michael was good last year I don't think that he had a great game against the Bucks. I think Brady has a lot to do with that because when I look at Tom Brady I look at not only a great player but he's like an offensive coordinator on the field he's gonna get his team in the right spots he's gonna make it tough especially on younger guys. Maybe that's why they didn't make a bigger impact, but I was a little surprised that there wasn't more from some of those uh, defensive linemen.
2: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do Bengals 27, Cowboys 6. Once again, the Cowboys do not score a touchdown. Two Maher touchdowns. Bengals 27, Cowboys 6. Whoa. Saad? Two Maher touchdowns,
3: man.
4: We're getting. I saw two Maher. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I would definitely tune in for that if the...
3: Yeah, um, no. I think uh, KT, you mentioned like <clears throat> how Cincinnati feels coming out of that game, and you're like, you're, you know, you said that I don't think they're that concerned. It, it made me think. It's like if you're a, if you're a Cowboys fan coming out of that game, out of the Cowboys game, say Dak doesn't even get hurt, and you just have this litany, and this this list of things. And Bengals fans are just like, you know what? If we just had a long snapper, like Joe Burrow's four interceptions, like that's not going to happen every week, whatever, whatever. If we just had a long snapper and measure that against the Cowboys and it's not even close. Um, For me, I'll go with, I'll go with Cowboys nine, Bengals, Bengals 16.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. Keeping it close though.
4: Yeah,
5: I don't think there's any way Joe Burrow plays as poorly as he did Week One. Um, I go Bengals 31, Cowboys 17. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know touch- where these. I don't know where these touchdowns are coming from. But Trayvon 17. Diggs or not? Okay, Trayvon Diggs uh, just comes
4: alive under rush. Yeah, yeah. That'd Diggs fine, is going to
5: get one. Um, and Turpin. There, yeah, there'll be some type of trick play uh, with John Fossil. On the field, um, they'll yeah they'll get some
2: spread seven and a half. Uh, some people have six and a half, seven and a half. Dude, yeah. Wait, spread um, seven and d- a half. Bengals, yeah. Dude, bingles okay, yeah. Okay. Seven <laughs> and a half all day. All, all right, day. let
3: me. I'm gonna change my pick. Real, I'm gonna change my pick real quick. Just the score because I don't think they cover. So I'm gonna go twenty to nine. Okay. Um, let, me, not let me just
5: let me just say this. Um, I don't advocate sports gambling because. I do. I just, I don't know anybody that wins at it. And even the people that are good at it, that live in Vegas, they're hitting maybe 60%. Um, but I'll say this, whenever you feel really good about a game in a spread, I mean, I don't think the Cowboys are going to win, mm-hmm. obviously, but it generally doesn't end up happening. Whenever there's that obvious, like, Oh, Whoa, what is this over here? And I, and it goes for pro and college. I thought about it a lot watching the Alabama Texas game. Like, yeah, Okay, we'll see. I just I, there's no gimmies. Like these guys that make these odds are real good at their jobs. Believe me. So um, when I see that seven, like it's a gimme. I'm just kind of like, yeah, there'll be some garbage time stuff, and, they'll, and the Bengals will win by six or something. But it'll never be. It wasn't really that close of a game, but it is what it is. You know.
2: Yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, but go ahead, Vegas. man. Put the
5: house on it, KT. Let's we'll we'll circle uh, back and see how it went for you.
2: Yeah, I might need a place to stay, but uh, yeah, sure, I just love. Fine.
5: I just love my friends that bet on sports that they love to tell you about their winnings. You never, you don't know about the losses. You don't know the fact that, like, they got to sell the house and move into an apartment because there's just so, the losses are so, but no, they'll tell you about that three-team parlay they hit and everything. You're like, yeah, it's crazy, man. You tell me about all these winnings and, you know, I don't, I don't know, do you have anything to show for it? Do you have a new car or anything like that? But no, keep going, man. Roll with it. Whatever yeah. you got to do.
2: I saw you sleeping in a in a dumpster. <laughs> uh <laughs> a, like, I don't know, the things about uh, hard times hard times i, I, hey, and, in, I and i'm fine go ahead
5: it. if you can afford to throw a few hundred bucks on some games go do it i'm just saying that i don't yes. know anybody that's gotten rich betting on sports and anybody that tells me like oh i know i know how to bet these no you don't no you don't you don't but okay
2: and we also want you to know if you're listening and having trouble uh, yeah, give that one eight hundred number. Addiction hotline one eight hundred five two two forty
5: seven hundred. I was just, I was just at Harrah's. I went because I was at, when I went to that Florida Day game in uh, New Orleans the other week, and uh, I, I noticed there were some signs up with that. I'm just like, you guys really don't want people to see this. This building's not here if people are calling that number.
2: But in Texas, you're not allowed to gamble. Except I know a thousand people who do. Right, uh, right, <laughs> so right. So it's like. It's it's oh in Texas uh, marijuana is not legal. I'm like man, I know a lot of people who do that. I <laughs> I just feel like it's just okay. So yeah, anybody listening, go,
5: feel free to bet on sports. Just do it responsibly yeah. and, and and don't tell me about your winnings because I know you're not you're not how fast would Jerry open a sports book if it were illegal? though? So? Uh, so yes. fast.
2: I mean, and he does would, have, a, he, yeah. does have, a have Kings, he does have a DraftKings.
5: He uh, does have a DraftKings. Wow, chat. area behind behind yeah. the opposing team's bench. So yeah, it would be pretty incredible. quick.
2: It would be incredible. Dude, uh never mind. We shouldn't do it. I we have no time for story time. My point is if it's a good one. Look, you can if you're if you're wise about it, or even if you're not wise about it, you can break the law and be fine. Just ask Brett Favre.
5: <laughs> oh. We'll look into that. A little curveball. Didn't see that coming.
2: We'll talk to you Sunday night, Cowboys and Bengals Live across the street from the Strokes and the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
4: Arlington is
2: going to be bussing
4: okay,
2: on Sunday okay. night. Good Lord.
4: John, just walk walk over from the game. You know, catch the Strokes. Maybe a little okay. flea.
5: I do yeah. like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've seen them in concert before. Did a little crowd surfing.
4: Good
2: show?
5: Yeah, it was really good. Yeah,
2: yeah I've never seen them. I haven't seen them or the Strokes. Um, and if
5: you've never been crowd surfing, I recommend that. That's good times.
2: So I might not. I might just go to that show. It on Like if the Cowboys offense disgusts me again, I might just let you guys handle it, and I'll be at the I'll be at the concert. Hey, what, but what, yeah, way, I'll blame you. Cowboys Bengals Sunday three twenty five. We'll have about them Cowboys after the game once John gets out of the locker room. Sid, you're gonna cover the game as well. I'll be there. Uh, you know, Sod. Of course, Sod, Man, absolutely all over it. Follow Saad. Check out John's work on The Athletic all week. Bob Sturm lots some stuff up as well, as he always does, so make sure you're checking that out. And uh, for our producer, Kent Garrison, as well, I'm KT. We'll talk to you Sunday night on About the Cowboys.
0: I don't have time to have a bad time. (laughs) It ain't on my schedule.